Welcome to Native New Help. Let's get started. Native New Health will address specific health concerns that plague our people. So the first step is regular exercise. Try this at home. It's up to you what you like to put on, but it's very simple and quick. Exercise regularly. We cannot emphasize this enough. And welcome to Native New Health, an exciting program designed for Native people by Native people. Hello, I'm Ed Dunn. And welcome to another episode of Native New Health. In today's program, we will be covering one of the most devastating problems that we face amongst our people. Hi there, I'm Gina Gabosh, and today's subject is entitled Freedom from Alcohol. And I know that this will be a very valuable tool for you, or maybe even for someone you love. Nearly one in every 10 people in our society abuse alcohol, and then they have to suffer the consequences that results from that abuse. About one half of all the traumatic deaths on and off the highways are related in some tangible way to the abuse of alcohol. After cardiovascular disease, alcohol is the second most expensive element in our health care costs, either directly or indirectly. Most all of us have felt the effects of alcohol and have seen its destructive influence upon those we love the most. We have seen pain and fighting, separation and divorce, terrible custody battles, spouse and child abuse, promiscuity, and all manner of alcohol-related problems, and some all too close to home. Currently, in the U.S. alone, nearly 14 million Americans, one in every 13 adults, abuse alcohol or are alcoholic. The consequences of alcohol abuse are serious in many cases life-threatening. Heavy drinking can increase the risk of certain cancers, especially those of the liver, esophagus, throat, and larynx, which is the voice box. In purely economic terms, alcohol abuse problems cost society approximately $100 billion per year. In human terms, the cost is incalculable. That is so true, Ed. It's time for you to think and act. It's time for you to treat alcohol as the menace it really is. Yes, Gina. And it's time to face reality. It's time to recover the loss that alcohol has inflicted upon your life, your family, and our people. Whether you're watching this program on television or on a DVD, you or someone you care about can find hope and help through this information. If alcohol has become a controlling force in your life, certainly you have sensed that there must be more to life than can be found in a bottle of booze. Possibly you realize the worth of your spouse, your family, that friend whom you have been slighting and wonder if now might be a good time to make a break and choose to be free. That's so true, Gina. You see, there's no magic in this program, but there is power outside of yourself that can help you choose, and that power will change your life. You are not alone. You may fall flat on your face and feel battered and bruised. You will often be tempted to give it all up and say, what's the use? But if you keep your heart open and trust that someone, someone does care for you, you'll begin your new walk to freedom. 
Some would argue that one enslaved by booze is incapable of finding help by simple means. But I know of a power that can release you from the slavery of alcohol. Today, you will discover the source of that power. So, we invite you to give it a try. What do you have to lose except the chains that bind you to alcohol? One of the most common stereotypes about Native Indian life is that all Native people are alcoholics. Old Western films often showed Indians drunk to foolishness next to a bar begging for beer. There are stories about chiefs giving up miles of land for a taste of firewater. While the stereotype of the drunk Indian is both unjust and dangerous because it has led many native Indians to drink, it does have some basis in social reality and scientific facts. Recent studies have begun to indicate that there are also chemical reasons behind these problems, things that Caucasians, due to thousands of years of biological adjustments to alcohol, do not have to worry about so much. These issues relating to simple intoxication, non-social drinking and fetal alcohol syndrome all play a part in why both reserve and urban Indians have such a difficulty tolerating alcohol. This intolerance to alcohol leads to an increase in binge drinking and long-term problems. We have enzymes within our bodies that break down alcohol at a certain rate in order to get that poison out of our bloodstream and out of our bodies. Alcohol is also completely metabolized in the liver, where enzymes begin to turn the ethanol into carbon dioxide and water. For a Caucasian of normal weight and normal height, the amount of time it takes for one-third an ounce of alcohol, approximately one beer, to leave the body is about an hour. Interestingly, there have been studies done on different reserves that show that certain native people have a higher or lower tolerance of alcohol due to the effectiveness of these enzymes. Overall, native people who metabolize alcohol at a slower than normal rate tend to have a lower toleration of alcohol and can therefore become drunk much faster. When one is binge drinking, either with friends or sometimes even alone, this can lead to alcohol poisoning and often death. At the same time, other natives who have a higher tolerance and are able to metabolize alcohol more quickly get drunk less quickly. This higher tolerance tends to cause more long-term problems and also can be highly dangerous in the short term when the drinker takes far too many drinks. Scientists are just beginning to do complete studies on how native people's bodies react differently to alcohol than Caucasian bodies do. Many concerned scientists and anthropologists hope that this new understanding will help to break stereotypes as well as stopping certain problems before they begin. A clear example of how metabolizing varies among different tribes is through looking at the results of fetal alcohol syndrome, FAS, on the Indian population. According to one study, 10.7 out of every 1,000 children were born with FAS on two southwestern reserves. So, what exactly is alcoholism or alcohol dependence syndrome? It is a disease characterized by the following elements. Craving, a strong need or compulsion to drink. Loss of control, the frequent inability to stop drinking once a person has begun. Physical dependence, the occurrence of withdrawal symptoms such as nausea, sweating, shakiness and anxiety when alcohol use is stopped after a period of heavy drinking.
tolerance, the need for increasing amounts of alcohol in order to get high. Many people wonder, what are the signs of an alcohol problem? How can you tell when you or someone close to you may have a drinking problem? Answering the following four questions can help you find out. Note that the first letter of a keyword in each of the four questions spells cage. Have you ever felt that you should C, cut down on your drinking? Have people A, annoyed you by criticizing your drinking? Have you ever felt bad or G, guilty about your drinking? Have you ever had a drink first thing in the morning as soon as you open your eyes to steady your nerves or to get rid of a hangover? E, eye opener? Just one yes response suggests a possible alcohol problem. If you responded yes to more than one question, it is highly likely that a problem exists. Now, let's address the decision to get help. Acknowledging that you need help for an alcohol problem may not be an easy one, but it's well worth it. Keep in mind that the sooner a person gets help, the better are his or her chances for a successful recovery. In our society, the myth often prevails that somehow having an alcohol problem is a sign of moral weakness. As a result, you may feel that to seek help is to admit some type of shameful defect in yourself. The fact is, it is now widely recognized in medical research that alcoholism is a disease. So your choice to seek help is an intelligent one, just as much as it is to seek a doctor for help with a diabetes problem. Alcoholism is a treatable disease and you can stop drinking. This means that even if an alcoholic has been sober for a long time and has regained health, he or she remains susceptible to relapse and must continue to avoid all alcoholic beverages. We recommend that you seek all the possible ways to stop drinking. Some individuals who have stopped drinking after experiencing alcohol-related problems may choose to attend Alcoholics Anonymous meetings for information and support. That is a wise choice. As we continue, it is important to understand a little bit about what alcohol is and its effects upon these marvelous bodies of ours. Alcohol is a poison to every cell and organ of the human body. In sufficient doses, it will kill. None are exempt. The body is made up of cells, billions and billions of them. Cells are microscopic structures just like any other structure of building. They have walls referred to as membranes. Alcohol has a deadly effect upon the body by poisoning individual cells. In some instances, it is the wall that is most seriously affected by alcohol. At other times, it is the machinery inside the cell that is damaged. Let us look at just one example where alcohol effectively causes havoc. Alcohol alters the function of the red blood cells to such an extent that instead of flowing along individually in the bloodstream, they tend to stick together and flow in clumps. As these clumps of red cells flow out farther and farther from the heart, and the blood vessels get smaller and smaller, the clumping cells obstruct the vessels and stop the flow. Since one of the functions of the blood is to carry oxygen and food, cells beyond the blockage are deprived of both. So what happens when there is no oxygen or food? Cells malfunction and die. That is what leads to a stroke or heart attack. Some cells and some organs can be replaced when damaged or destroyed. But 
That's not the case with brain cells. Once they're dead, they're always dead. Thus, alcohol not only interferes with cell function, but at least under some circumstances, actually destroys those cells. How would you like to be told, here, have a drink, and kill some of your brain cells while you're at it? Do you have enough brain cells to spare? I don't think so. In addition, alcohol is very addicting. The bottom line is that many people who use it can't do without it. They are enslaved by it. Over time, alcohol takes such a toll upon the heart that heavy users of alcohol often die young with heart malfunction. All organs are affected by alcohol, such as toxicity to the liver. Acute alcohol hepatitis may lead to rapid death. Cirrhosis is another condition in which liver cells are destroyed by the toxicity of alcohol and replaced by scar tissue. As this happens, the vessels carrying blood from the intestinal tract become obstructed by the cirrhotic process causing high pressures in the vessels. Over time, these may get very engorged and break and bleed. The remainder of the gastrointestinal tract is also adversely affected by alcohol. Bleeding ulcers often develop in the stomach. Cancer of the mouth, throat, esophagus, and liver are all more common among users of alcohol, and especially when alcohol and tobacco use are combined. This is a deadly combination. The pancreas is a gland located just behind the stomach. It produces insulin and other chemical hormones and produces enzymes necessary for digestion of food. It is often made sick by alcohol. Acute pancreatitis is often fatal. Now, let's hear from our expert friends. Well, alcohol is a very insidious killer. It really is. Not only is, does it have an effect on how we drive, but it can make us very ill, too. It is interesting that we are told you shouldn't drive uh, after you've had a few drinks, uh, that this will phase you. What very few people know is that your skills at driving 24 hours later after you have been inebriated is still impaired significantly. And even though at that point your blood level is normal as far as alcohol is concerned, you still aren't a skill, as skillful a driver as you would have been if you had not been drunk the day before. I think of also how insidious it is. I think of a young widow who, by standards of this world, uh, had almost everything you could desire except that her husband had preceded her in death. And uh, she was, was rich in finances. She was an attractive lady and a pleasant lady to be around. But she had one bad habit, and that was drinking alcohol. And uh, her family doctor and I uh, had the privilege of trying to help her. We both discussed to her that she was killing herself. Do you want to die? Oh, no. Well, are you going to stop drinking? Because this is what you're going to do. We did a major very op a major surgery on her pancreas because this is one of the things that alcohol hits too. In fact, it's the, probably the major cause of pancreatitis that we see. 
And uh, she still, after surgery, did not. She stopped for a little, and she was back to drinking. This lady didn't live many years after we first had started caring for her this way, even with the surgery, and she died at about age 40 or 41. A fully preventable death had she been able to curb this terrible habit. You do not know by taking a few drinks whether you're going to be an alcoholic or not. And this is this is why we don't have a red light out there flashing. Hey, Doc, you will be an alcoholic if you take those few drinks and get to liking it. There's no red light telling you that, and you have no way of knowing. And we're all better off if we stay entirely away from it. Why would you even want to risk it, especially if you know there are better ways? So if you drink, please stop. And if you don't drink, please don't try it. It could cost you your life. We hope that in today's program you will discover that there are better ways at resolving problems instead of drowning them in alcohol. So let's talk about the root problems as to why many people become alcoholics. Within the mind or center of every person is a basic sense of right and wrong. We can feel it in our hearts. Even all of the great religions of the world recognize a similar basic code of good and evil. Unfortunately, very often we get frustrated and stop trying to do what's good and right because we find ourselves unable to live up to our aspirations or the aspirations of others. One of the things we observe as we look at the natural world around us is the fact that everything is governed by laws. Take for instance the law of gravity. Yes, Ed. And there are laws that govern the orbits of the heavenly bodies such as the sun, moon and stars. There are laws governing the way our genes and chromosomes work. Other laws regulate the physiology of the body processes. Some laws affect the working of the human mind, the way people relate to each other and to society. So, if we are out of sync with the basic laws of health, our body and our mind will become sick and we will be out of harmony with our family, our friends and society in general. There is a principle of life that goes something like this. One cannot be successfully rescued unless he recognizes his need. Perhaps the most basic need of every human, besides the physical needs of food, shelter and safety, is the need to be loved. And here perhaps lies the secret of overcoming any addiction. If we analyze what we are saying with this word love, we soon discover that we are describing a whole spectrum of meaning spanning two opposite poles. At one pole, we have extreme, self-satisfying lust. At the other pole is the kind of love our Creator has for His children. When we choose to let this kind of love exist within us and control us, the result is health, harmony, and happiness. However, when lust or selfishness exists within a person, it can never be satisfied. It is always clamoring for more like a giant cosmic black hole that sucks into it whatever comes near. But pure love gives life. Nowhere is this more true than its effect upon the human body. An attitude of pure love tends to restore and maintain health, and an attitude of selfishness, hate and guilt causes heartache, pain and disease. We noted earlier that the brain 
controls the organ systems of the body. This happens by way of electrical and chemical messenger systems. Near the center of the brain is an area that we refer to as the hypothalamus. Among its responsibilities is the control of the automatic functions of the body. It influences all of the organs, all of the glands, the immune system, and much more. When the hypothalamus and its supporting networks are functioning efficiently, the result is good health. When it is upset, disease occurs. It's been scientifically proven that a positive attitude makes you a healthy, happy person. This is brought about by endorphins, a hormone that promotes healing and happiness. Negative attitudes, however, cause stimulation of the electrical and chemical messengers, such as adrenaline, that in excessive amounts can upset the smooth working of the organ system and result in ulcers, cancer, heart disease, and other health problems. There is an aspect of love, a principle at work in our universe, that we call the cycle of giving and receiving. The principle applies equally to all things. We receive to give. The earth receives the rain and is refreshed by it. Earth in turn produces plants that feed the living things and return vapor to the clouds that return to earth as rain. Men receive the good things of life, enjoy their benefits, then add a bit of their own uniqueness to the equation and share that with others. So in all things, the cycle is complete. But another cycle is created when there is no rain. The vegetation dies, the humidity and the dew disappear, and the surroundings turn into a desert. So life can imitate nature. When love dries up in us, we kill all the love around us. It is true that love is most often recognized for its tenderness. But love can also be tough. In other words, at times love is demonstrated by discipline. Without discipline and order, chaos results. We can see that love must sometimes do drastic things as when we train a child not to touch a hot stove. Can you understand why those who love you may find it necessary to play hardball with you sometimes? Unselfish love offers life. Self-centered love brings death. There is no compromise. So why are we setting the stage for you? It is because unless you choose to ask for outside help, you will find that your chances of recovery are almost at zero. Friends, it's a matter of choice, not chance. It's an action of your own free will. In your battle with alcohol, you too will need to make a choice. You cannot have both submission to the Creator and rebellion against Him. Why are there laws that govern the world around us? How is it possible for scientists to send spacecraft to the moon and the planets? Why do the birds find their way south in winter and back to the north in spring? Why does the sun rise and set? Why do the stars shine on a clear night? Why do whales and other creatures migrate every year? What makes the salmon return to its birthplace to spawn the next generation? So, if there are natural laws that govern physical nature, are there also similar natural laws that govern our mental functions? If our Creator made us to function according to certain natural laws as governs all of nature, do you suppose it is possible to learn those other less tangible spiritual laws? So you are viewing this program today because you or someone you love has a problem with a drug, a drug called alcohol. It is destroying you 
your health, your social relationships, your spirit, and your whole life. The reason is that you have gotten out of balance with the laws that give life. It has been proven that one of the most effective ways to quit drinking alcohol and return to the normal lifestyle is to believe in a higher power outside of yourself. While this is true to help you quit and stay dry, the actual choice is totally and only yours. So, choose this day to be free from alcohol. You have to decide not to drink anymore. Tell all your family and friends about your decision. Make a choice to change your life every day. Ask your Creator to give you the power to stop. Then stop drinking. Don't touch alcohol anymore. Tell your doctor of your decision. Get professional help today. So as we have said earlier, there are natural laws that we can follow to optimize our health. So at this point, we will share some of them with you. To be more easily remembered, think of the acronym NEW START. We will outline what each letter stands for. First, the N stands for nutrition. Begin a gradual shift from a diet that's based mostly on animal foods to a diet that's based mostly on plant foods. And as much as possible, learn to identify refined foods and limit them in your diet. The next important law is E for exercise. In regard to exercise, it is important to check with your doctor before you begin something new. Plan to work toward a goal of at least 30 minutes of exercise five times a week. The W stands for water. Use water freely. Drink sufficient water each day to keep the color of your urine light yellow most of the time. Usually, this will amount to five to eight glasses daily. Be sure to bathe each day in fresh water to wash away toxins. The F stands for sunshine. Daily exposure to sunlight on your skin adds vitamin D to strengthen your bones. Sun exposure helps to reduce depression. Sunlight lifts your spirits. T stands for temperance. Take a more moderate approach to life and learn to relax. So, learn to be temperate and balanced in all things. What do you say? A stands for air. Lots of fresh air. Attempt to breathe lots of air that is fresh and clean throughout the day. Step outside to the fresh air and the sunshine. And R stands for rest. Schedule adequate time each night for your optimum amount of sleep. This varies from six to nine hours for most people. The final T stands for trust. Trust in your Creator God. Spend time each day talking to your Creator. He can be the source of your success. Do you want to be totally free? Would you like to have another chance at life and freedom from alcohol and self-destruction? Well, if that's your desire, there's no better time than now. Resolve to yourself to put these things into practice today. Humble yourself before your Maker, who can give you the victory over your alcohol problem. Tell Him of your desire to be changed, for Him to take control of your life and do something beautiful with it. Some may call it foolishness, but if you will only believe and test Him sincerely, He will prove Himself. What do you have to lose? Consider joining a support group where you can share the benefits of what you've experienced with your friends, such as Alcoholics Anonymous, a church group, or maybe even another group that you know of. 
Or it may be that your situation requires some professional help, say from a minister, substance abuse counselor, or a doctor. You should not be discouraged by taking advantage of the help that may be needed and available from a professional alcohol rehabilitation program. You may well require professional help in getting dried out before you can even begin to benefit from this information. The rehab program itself may be a necessary part of your healing process. Don't fight it. It's okay. Do it. There are healing centers all around this country and in many lands. You may seek these places if you feel that it is what you need to overcome alcohol in your life. Finally, express gratitude for the things that you do have and enjoy in life. Make it a habit. Tell your spouse, your child, your friend, thank you whenever you are benefited by them. Thank those who brought this program to you. If you are to find freedom from alcohol, it will not be because you have escaped from its grasp by chance, but because you have made a wise choice to find something so much more valuable and enjoyable that has taken its place. If you have discovered the beauty and value of love and chosen it, and if you have made a promise to your Creator to let Him manage your life, freedom is assured. Much better than resolutions are choices. A daily choice to keep alcohol out of your life is what you need right now. That's right, Gina. The choice is yours to experience a total freedom from the chains of alcohol. So until we meet again next time, keep your heads high, your hearts humble, and enjoy your native new health.